the real joy, as I say, of teaching comes from, you know, opening the classroom door, smiling at your pupils, talking to your pupils, helping them through their challenges that they face with the work and leaving knowing that you've achieved something very, very positive. That is obviously very, very sadly missing at the moment. And I would always characterize good teaching by good relationships. Hi everyone, Cormac Venny from Hip Psychology here and welcome to our Mastering Your Craft podcast. This is the third series of the Hip Psychology Mastering Your Craft podcast and this series is taking a focus education, in particular in COVID-19 times. Education is an area that hip works closely within having supported over having supported over a hundred schools in the last two and a half years. We work with pupils, staff and parents, delivering evidence-based fun workshops across the main areas of well-being and performance. To find out more about what we do, we can be followed on Twitter at Hip Psychology or if you go on to our website www.hippsychology.com, you will get more of an insight into the work that we are currently doing within schools. Today's guest is a man who exudes enthusiasm and a podcast that adds tremendous value to the series. Mr. Joe McCann, principal of St. Patrick's Grammar School, Down Patrick, or as it is affectionately known, the Red High. Joe talks around a number of different subjects within the podcast, all related to education. We delve into his leadership style, his leadership philosophy, and how he has led a school through the challenges that COVID-19 presents. Joe talks around three core principles, good teaching, good relationships, and good community, and how he has fostered each of these pillars within a school and also how each of these pillars have been challenged and how he has looked to implement practical strategies to overcome the challenges that has been presented to the three pillars within COVID-19. Joe also gives very practical and reassuring advice to the three main personnel within a school. Pupils, teaching staff and parents. So anyone who has any form of interest in education, this podcast is a must listen to. So without further ado, I would like to jump into the podcast with Mr. Joe McCann, Principal of St. Patrick's Grammar School, Down Patrick. Joe, thanks so much for uh, giving up your morning. It's, uh, I'm, I'm delighted that you've, uh, you're here to, to chat and um, get an insight into your thoughts and expertise. Well, it's a, it's a pleasure to be here, um, and obviously, given the times that we're all living in, um, any wee bit of help or advice or guidance that we can give, and if, you know, after we make this podcast, people take um, any key messages away from it, then obviously it'll be a very productive use of both our time, so hopefully it'll be beneficial. 
Absolutely, Joe. And um, suppose, like, uh, <laughs> I'm going to imagine, you know, that these times, you know, you're leading the whole school community. Um, there's nothing really in in the the, the principal manual uh, that uh, tells you how to deal with society when shut down. What, what was that process like for you? Well, as you say, that's entirely true. And um, for those of us who are school leaders who have been through the PQH program, unfortunately, there wasn't a module on COVID nineteen. And while, of course, you know, we all think about contingencies and we all think about how we manage very, very difficult situations. As you rightly say, the one that we're faced with now is something that no one could ever have predicted. Pupils being away from school for an extended period of time during term time is absolutely unheard of in my 30 years of teaching. So that's brought its own challenges. Um, and those challenges you know, are faced by the entire um, educational community. Or they're faced by teachers who have the challenge of supporting the pupils and motivating the pupils to get on with their work and to remain focused and you know to engage with online learning, which I'm sure we'll get to talk about as well at some point this morning, but that brings its own particular challenges. Great challenges for pupils as well in terms of you know missing out on the social contact, uh, not being in school, not having the routines that they once had, and having to work very differently to how they would traditionally work in the, the normal scheme of things. And of course, we can't forget our parents who are faced with the challenge of uh, being homeschoolers. And I've seen many funny things on social media over the course of the last few weeks where you know, parents are saying, how do teachers do it? You know, how, how, how do they manage to have 25 or 30 pupils in a classroom from nine to three every day? You know, I have, I have my own couple of kids trying to work uh, and do bits and pieces and I'm, I'm driven demented, you know. So um, there's a great challenge there for parents and many parents, uh, like teachers, are working from home. And there's that challenge of working from home and trying to get your own work done while also trying to manage and supervise your children while they're trying to do their work. And I noticed with, uh, with great interest the previous podcast with Tony Gallagher where we were talking about in houses, the challenge of pupils being able to do their work, access to ICT, access to computer facilities, and the distribution of that among the family, um, where perhaps a number of different people are trying to use the same technology uh, at the same time. And I know that can be uh, remarkably frustrating. So that's just, if you like, a very, very broad sweeping overview of many of the, the challenges. And... Um, in the post-primary sector now, we're moving into, I suspect, one of our greatest challenges that we're going to face, and that is the awarding and calculating of grades for our pupils um, that will then be uh, passed on to the awarding bodies so that final grades can be um, awarded to our GCSE and A-level pupils. And you know, that's, that's a whole new set of challenges that you know, we're going to have to face normally at this time of year we'd be gearing up towards pupils going off on study leave and getting those final preparations, getting those final bits and pieces of work uh, ready so that the pupils can leave with confidence um, over the period of study, uh, over the period of the study leave and exam season, you know, to get on with their work and be ready to go into those exams. So it's a whole different landscape and a whole different set of circumstances that we face in our uh, as we um, you know, often use now, unprecedented 
and, and fluid they really seem to be the two buzzwords mm-hmm. that have come associated with this period so lots and lots of challenges and I suppose at a whole school leadership level what you're trying to do is you're trying to reassure everybody and you're trying to support everybody in um, as far as that's possible and I suppose we're relatively fortunate in that we're not one of the bigger schools. We have just over 700 pupils. You know, that's in each exam cohort, that's about 100 students. So I can imagine that you know, in schools where the numbers are bigger, the scaling up of the issues in terms of rank order of students and um, calculating grades for bigger numbers is going to be slightly more challenging, yeah, but it's going to be a challenge for all of us. Joe, you mentioned two two important words there, um, reassure and support. Have you have you done that? Well, one of our key ways is um, through our pastoral teams on our uh, online platform. Uh, a lot of schools are obviously using online learning, and uh, they're using a combination of Microsoft Teams and uh, Google Classrooms. And our school, many another school, is using a wee bit of both, just depending on the nature of the subject. So we've created pastoral teams, and those pastoral teams, I suppose, serve two important purposes. One is to um, share information and to pass on information and advice and guidance, so particularly in relation to some of the services that continue to be available for young people and particularly vulnerable young people during this time. And then the other is to help us to communicate and to keep in touch with our, our parents. We've had regular contact with a number of parents to obviously to help iron out and, and um, solve teething problems. To go from being in school uh, all day, every day, to suddenly going to online learning all day, every day is not without its challenges. And I think um, all schools would probably concur that that's been a challenge. So we have had lots of contact with parents um, by email, by phone, to try and um, sort out some of the issues that they've had to ensure that um, online learning can continue. Now, with that as well, of course, you know, that's, that's a daily thing because quite often things break down and pupils lose codes. And for one reason or another, you know, kids need to put back onto the system and, uh, and so on. Um, the other side of it too is that uh, now that we're a few weeks into the online learning, we're beginning to engage in the process where we're reaching out uh, pastorally to our students just to make sure that you know to touch base with them for want of a better phrase to to make sure they're getting on okay with the online learning and I suppose also to reassure them that you know the nature of schooling now is really not about being at your computer from nine to three every day and to reassure parents that you know, as long as they're doing their best and that the pupils are engaging insofar as that is possible, then, you know, that's really the reassurance that we want to give. As I said earlier, there's quite often those competing priorities within families where, you know, different children at different times of the day are trying to access their schoolwork while mum and dad are trying to continue their normal business from home and as well. So we have to be very mindful that we are, you know, giving parents that sort of bit of comfort that they know that as long as the children are doing their best, that's, that's um, you know, good enough. I suppose we've been blessed also at the moment by very good weather, you know, and I think that has certainly made life an awful lot easier uh, for all of us. You know, the idea that you can get out into the garden in the sun and get out for a walk and, uh, or a run or a cycle and, um, you know, get a bit of fresh air 
has definitely made a, a big, big difference. I think this situation would be a lot more complicated if it was a lot colder and it was raining or possibly even snowing outside. Um, so I think that has been a little bit of a godsend and I hope that people are making good use of the good weather while you know maintaining social distancing and following all the guidelines that we've been given. And again, that's that we bit of reassurance that we want to give to parents as well to say that you know it's it's okay if they're doing that. It's okay if they are enjoying um, the good weather, um, but still trying to maintain that, that bit of a link to school. Because needless to say, we all have to go back to normal at some stage. And um, the longer the break is from that sense of normal, and I think we might have to redefine what normal is going to be in the future, but nonetheless, uh, that can help. One, I suppose, we peculiar thing we've been doing, which is, has proven to be very successful, is we run a wee online quiz through Facebook on a Sunday night. And that has proven to be very popular among our parents and even you know, in the community outside of the school. And it's one of those things that um, at the moment, you know, if, if you think about you know, you're, you're watching TV, there's not a big pile on, you know, match of the day is from 1973, or you can watch, <laughs> you can watch highlights of, of Dublin in the 1976 All-Ireland Final. And while those things are great, and it's a wee bit of nostalgia, it's lovely. I think it's important that we do have some sort of live contact with each other. And that's, been, that's proven to be very successful. And we've enjoyed, you know, having those quizzes on a Sunday night through Facebook where people have come on. And it's allowed for a wee bit of conversation and just maintain that sense of community that we yeah. try our best to um, develop and, and to work with and, and to um, improve at, at every opportunity. You know, and that's, that sense of community, I hope, is, is very much still alive. Uh, we've also been putting up lots and lots of little teasers and, and games and, and things for you know, people to get involved in at home. And we've had some great responses because it's created a nice bit of competition, healthy competition among families and um, you know, brought families together, which is all, all very good and, and all very um, important at this difficult time. Joe, there's so much within that. But one of the things you said there, you know, was about daily contact with parents. I'm just interested because of just hearing things on radio phone-ins and talking even to parents. I know one of the things um, there seems to be a struggle with, and I, I just want to sort of see if you're seeing this from your end, is kids getting maybe out of, out of routine and maybe motivation lacking within the pupils is that something that has been is that feedback you're getting from parents well obviously one of the one of the key challenges in education is always to uh, motivate pupils and to keep them on track and to um, look after them and make sure that they're sort of doing the things that they need to be doing now needless to say that's um, an awful lot easier to do um, in the context of being in school and one of the, the things that I would always sort of highlight is that when you have direct access to pupils, uh, quite often it's those casual conversations that you have, those little moments where you meet a student and you might only talk to them for 10 or 15 or 20 seconds. But quite often it's that small conversation where you have a quick word with them and you talk to them that can make a massive, massive difference. And quite often it can be just, the, you know, you say something positive to them, you've heard something good that they've done. And that can be a great, a great source of uh, motivation. And it can give them a wee bit of reassurance, a wee bit of uh, a pep up, where they're aware of the fact that, well, actually, you know, people do know that I'm trying my best, or people do know that I'm making progress. And, of course, the opposite can also be true as well, where it can be that 
be a moment where you can say, look, no, you need to do the following or will you make sure you get such and such done and I'll be talking to you in a day or two to make sure you have it done. Those things um, are very, very, you know, those are a sad consequence that we've lost out on uh, just this precise moment in time where you, know, you don't have the direct access to pupils. Um, and needless to say, motivating people from distance can be quite difficult. Um, at the moment, you know, we're sitting here at opposite ends of iPads and the conversation is good, but I genuinely do believe that the conversation would be better if you and I were sitting face to face because the conversation is more real when we're doing that. So I do think that um, parents are, the sort of feedback we're getting from parents is that it very much is a challenge. And, you know, there can be that sort of a notion that says, well, you know, what's the point? Why, why should I be doing any work at the moment? And for different year groups, that is going to be very different, obviously. You know, to our key stage three pupils, I would be saying that the online work you're doing now will be a good foundation and will help you in the next year of key stage three. You know, and particularly in subjects where the work builds um, and, you know, is, is incremental, that will certainly be the case. Uh, for our year 11 and for our year 13 students, um, well, obviously, you know, they have another year of their course to do. And while there's, um, it's a, a complicated process that uh, is going to be used to finally determine grades for um, GCSE and um, A-level in 2021, it's important that those pupils complete their courses now because that's going to give them the, the background that they're going to need and quite often you know, to, to build the knowledge and the understanding and the skills that's uh, certainly going to be needed for them next year. I suppose the real difficulty lies with our year 12 and our year 14 students um, who are pretty much coming to the end of GCSE and A-level courses. And uh, you know, at that point, it's going to be very, very difficult for those pupils to retain a sense of motivation because for the most part in a lot of subjects the courses are complete and the natural progression is then to begin the process of revision but that revision is based on the knowledge that you're going to be going into an exam hall <laughs> and you're going to be sitting down and you're going to be sitting a paper of x amount of minutes in length and that has been taken away from the students for for very good reason um, and I know that some students are actually disappointed because some students would like that opportunity to go into the exam, to do the exam and to get the reward that their hard work throughout the course has, um, you know, has merited. So some students are disappointed in a, in a very strange sort of a way that they're not going to be going in to do the exams. For a lot of students as well, there's unfortunately that sense of you know, emptiness. That's it. You know, leaving school is a big deal. I, I recall very clearly leaving school in 1986. I recall doing my last exam and I recall that sense of um, leaving. I recall that speaking to a couple of people on the way out the door and being wished all the best after the last exam and so on. And that very natural conclusion that, you know, school is now over. And our students in Northern Ireland and throughout many countries have been deprived of that um, that natural, I don't know, coming of age, leaving school, leaver celebration. But we as a school hope to be able to do something about that once things change, and hopefully they will. 
that we will be able to give our leavers uh, a good send off. But as I say, different students at different stages are facing different challenges. And I suppose if I could offer some words of advice, uh, it would be to all our students to be occupied, to be, to be um, um, having a bit of a routine, to having a bit of continuity day on day. And even if that's you know, reading a good book, you know, reading that novel that you, know, you should be reading, broadening your knowledge, broadening your skills, um, you know, by learning new skills, those are all important things that you know, will, will stand us all in good stead. Yeah, sorry, Joe, I got sidetracked there. I was just trying to work out your age. <laughs> um, <clears throat> no, I think that's, that's a really, really important point. And you mentioned there um, as well around earlier on around pastoral support. Do you think there's going to be a need for any a, a different approach pastorally when pupils get back? Well, firstly, I, I would like to pay tribute to the ongoing services that have been provided for students who are vulnerable and who have um, particular needs. Um, there's been a lot of work done with that to ensure that those people who do need help and support uh, get it. If you think about it, in normal circumstances, our pupils leave us in the end of June and they're away for a couple of months and they come back uh, in September time. And, you know, quite often you see those friendships being rekindled and you see those relationships redevelop again very, very quickly. Uh, I think what's very useful at this time is that uh, a lot of people are keeping in contact with each other via social media. And I know of lots of occasions where groups of our pupils are getting together, they're doing Zoom calls to each other, they're having quizzes with each other where they all make up a round and uh, have a bit of fun with that. So that maintaining of social contact has been made easier in the present age, obviously by the uh, amount of technology that we have available to us. But as I said earlier, I think that still does not adequately substitute the face-to-face -face contact that we have with each other. And you do see it now that when I'm out and about, I do see it meet the occasional student on their own or, or with their parents. The one positive from my point of view that's come from this is that I think it's brought families closer together. And families are certainly spending a lot more time together from the simple things like cooking and eating together to exercising together and again anecdotally I've observed you know lots of families out walking my own included uh, families out on bikes so there has been that um, a very positive improvement I think to the quality of family life. Pupils are very resilient and they can move on reasonably quickly and I would imagine that you know coming back to school it would be more like they've been on an extended holiday rather than, you know, in the middle of a worldwide pandemic. And school is a great melting pot. Uh, pupils, I would say, by this stage, will be, in many cases, looking forward to getting back to school, to getting uh, back to those social relationships, to getting back to those important things. And again, going back to one of the previous podcasts where we talked about, you know, what schooling is about. And... Tony Gallagher was very right in saying that there are very many, many aspects of um, school life that transcend the acquisition and the deployment of knowledge and the gaining of the qualifications that you need to move on. Now, of course, you know, gaining qualifications at school is important. Don't get me wrong on that, but it's by no means the be all and the end all. There are an awful lot of other key socialisation processes that take place within the school context that are very important. And it's from the simple things like meeting up in the morning to get on the bus to go to school 
the journey from the bus station up to the school, the social interaction that occurs before school, between classes, lunchtime, on the way home to school, all of those are, are vitally important and, and they're key for, for young people. And I suspect an awful lot of young people are, are missing that now. Take the dynamic of a normal school day where in moving between classes, sometimes there are different classes with different people and you have that very, very broad circle of friends in school. Uh, and, and I think just as I look out the window down onto the football pitch, you know, lunchtime, you know, it's a great melting pot where you have maybe a couple of hundred kids down playing football, enjoying themselves, taking that wee break from school, having that wee bit of social interaction. And those are all the things that you know, I hope the pupils will be looking forward to. And um, School's a very empty place at the moment. And while you know, a lot of teachers in a lot of schools will be in and out of school doing bits and pieces and working away, you know, it's, it's that... It's the vibrant nature of school is about that interaction, that buzz that comes from having pupils about. So I hope that they'll be able to slot back in. Um, but uh, we will be, as all schools will be, doing our best to make sure that where there are any difficulties, and I suppose there's a risk that people can become a little bit insular um, as a result of not having as much contact. But I hope that pupils are maintaining contact with each other and um, you know, keeping those relationships alive at this time. And of course, it's not only school. You know, um, a lot of our pupils will also gain their interaction with friends through their local Gaelic club, through their local soccer club, through you know, musical activities, drama, through all sorts of things. That, and, and they're all closed down as well, of course. You know? So if it was only that they weren't at school and that they were interacting and socialising, in other areas of their life, that wouldn't quite be so bad, perhaps. But it's the fact that really you know, we have this total blanket shutdown across all aspects of life, which has probably proven challenging as well. Yeah, I think they're one of the things that underpins a, school, a good school community's relationships, Joe. And, you know, I know, like speaking to a couple of friends of mine that are teachers, they're missing out on their pupils. They're missing out. They're finding it a real challenge, missing that interaction with their pupils. And, is that something you're seeing in your staff? Well, just going back to the whole idea of online learning uh, to, to sort of address that, um, it's relatively straightforward to place a number of documents on an online learning platform. But for me, the real buzz of teaching is the interaction in the classroom. It's the sitting down with the pupils and having the conversations around the work. Um, and if you know we we put uh, a series of notes up on um, Microsoft Teams, for example, the pupil can read them. But the real insight and the real value comes from the teacher taking that material and making it come alive in the classroom. And the real joy comes from talking to the pupils and helping them to come to an understanding of what that material means. So online learning can be a challenge from that point of view in that the real joy as i say of teaching comes from you know opening the classroom door you know smiling at your pupils talking to your pupils helping them through their challenges that they face with the work and leaving knowing that you've achieved something very very positive and um, and that that is obviously very very um, sadly missing at the moment and I would always characterize good teaching by good relationships, where the teacher is very passionate and very enthusiastic 
um, about their subject. And that passion and enthusiasm becomes infectious and you know, it's felt by the pupils and understood by the pupils. And in more cases than not, bought into by the pupils who want to work with their teacher. Now, certainly the absence of the pupils being in the school to experience that firsthand is not good for the pupils, but nor is it good for the teachers either because the teachers can't see the fruits of their labour, you know. And yes, you can set an online assignment and you can get the pupils to upload that assignment and you can have a look at it. But again, the real quality comes from the talking to the student, the explaining what's good about their work and what their next steps for improvement are. So definitely, you know, um, there will be that sense among our teachers that, you know, it's more difficult to manage online learning than it is to have that you know interaction with the pupils face to face. Yeah, see, you, you made a point there. I thought was I want to backtrack. Um, was was that the quick conversations? Because like you know, I, one of the areas I work in is sports psychology, and and a one to one sort of therapeutic relationship, if you will. It's it's all about relationships. But one of the things that I find very very beneficial is with the athletes is that you talked around the corridor conversations we would talk around, you know, those pitch side conversations. And that's only maybe only a 15, 20 second conversation on the sideline. But I think for, for, for teaching staff, for classroom assistants who are all important in building those relationships, I think that's, it's a very, very, very valid point. Just that the, the, the small human interactions that we're now missing out on. Well, that corridor conversation that may only last a few seconds, it can quite often be, the highlight of the pupil's day. It can quite often be that one wee moment in the day where the pupil realizes fully that they're part of the community and in that community um, people know them and people care about them. And you know, schools make every effort um, possible to know all their pupils and to know a wee bit about you know who they are, what's important to them. You know what the challenges they face are and you know quite often it's the conversation and the little word of encouragement that comes not necessarily from someone who directly teaches that pupil but that they just know them and that they can just have that quick word and i would you know my observation when i visit any other school would always be that how do people react to each other when they meet each other you know we can all go into classrooms and we can have perfectly uh, well-written-up lesson plans and um, all sorts of things. But it's that quality of relationship that you see in the less formal aspects of school life that are, that are just as important. And obviously, at the moment, you know, um, that's very sadly missing. And I think pupils will miss that just as much as teachers do. Yeah, totally. And, and Joe, you talked around there about sort of getting back into routine, sort of transitioning back. Um, what do you envisage the challenges there from for both pupils and staff? Well, I suppose one of the things will be that um, different pupils will have had different levels of engagement with online learning. So what we have to do is make sure that we are, you know, coming back to school with starting at the same point for everyone. Um, so when we're going back uh, in, say, just for example, if we are going back in to teach a year 12 um, Greek class, um, we have to assume that um, we have to pick up where we left off. Uh, and while people will have been engaging to some extent with the work that they've been set, 
the reality is that that level of engagement is not going to be consistent and it's not going to be even among all of the pupils for some of the reasons that we talked about earlier. Simply things like, you know, having access to the technology. And I was very interested in that report that talked in the South about you know, the difficulties faced by pupils in actually getting online. And, you know, pupils trying to maybe complete work, maybe using their phone rather than uh, a PC. Um, so that will certainly be a challenge in itself. Um, and then, of course, there's just that sort of, you know, the re-establishing of the routine of school, of, you know, being back in school again. And then I suppose it's preparing for 2021, you know, um, and, and hopefully we will not see a, a second wave or we'll not see a recurrence. Um, but I think that if, you know, schools had to be off again, I think with all our experience of getting online learning set up, in some cases, you know, with reasonably, uh, reasonably short notice, I think we would be better placed if the situation ever presented itself again. But we have to hope that it won't, because one of the key things in the year ahead is going to be that we're going to need to have a good, steady, consistent run at teaching and working with the pupils to make sure that we have next year's cohort well prepared um, for their exams because needless to say there will be just a little bit of catching up to be done but on that note you know i would want to be offering the reassurance to say that okay we've been out of school now for a few weeks but it's certainly not an insurmountable amount of time it's a very unfortunate situation for those pupils who are taking public exams this year for year 12s whose places in the sixth form or future training or at stake and for our year 14s whose places at university or apprenticeships or whatever their next stage is, you know, I suppose that it's been most acutely felt, the pressure's been most acutely felt by those pupils. But for the rest of the pupils, you know, it will be a case of, you know, we, we come back to school, we pick up the pieces where we left off, we re-establish our routines reasonably quickly and we get back to the core business of good teaching good relationships, creating that sense of community and, and looking out for each other, you know, and I do believe that schools are well placed to do that, to offer that, um, you know, uh, all those things that they did before that all of this happened. Teaching relationships and community, I, I, lo I love that, just the, I'm, I'm a big mm -hmm. fan of the part three, I really like that. Um, mm -hmm. And Joe, Tony uh, Gallagher, you mentioned there a couple of times, um, who had in the podcast previously, and if anyone's listening to this, jump back and listen to that one. It's, it's uh, a <laughs> shameless plug in there. But um, Tony talked around often when we're met with a crisis, change emerges from it. What, what changes do you potentially envisage happening, I suppose, in terms of both education globally and then I suppose we'll go more specific in terms of how your community or how you individually do things? Yeah. Well, again, if we, if we look, about, uh, look at um, schooling and education, um, Specifically, you know, there's no replacement, I don't think, and there ever will be, for uh, that interaction that exists in the classroom. You know, I know a lot of other areas of life are talking now about maybe, you know, reducing office space and more people working from home and companies being a wee bit more fluid in how they are going to manage things. And I'd be very surprised if schooling ever fell into that uh, category, you know, because if all learning could be done online, and, you know, if, if education was simply a matter of giving pupils material, well, then 
you know, they wouldn't need to come to school. We would simply be able to put a whole load of material on an online platform at a regular basis and, for the want of a better phrase, let the kids get on with it. Now, I don't envisage there ever being a situation where uh, that, that could ever be a meaningful substitute for um, good teaching. So in terms of, you know, going back to school, how things might change, um, you know, I think the reality is that when we go back to school, it's going to be a case of a lot of things being the same because the things that have made the Northern Ireland education system successful are the fact that we have good schools. We have a, a very, very accomplished workforce in uh, the teaching profession. Uh, we have people employed who care about children and who want to do the very, very best they can for them and help them to achieve not only in the classroom, but in all the other aspects that make up school life. You know, I think particularly of uh, sport and music and drama and all those other things that are um, essential. So I'm not entirely sure um, how much is going to change. I think perhaps schools will make more use of online learning as a support and as an additional way of um, certainly helping pupils and motivating pupils and so on. But that um, in the classroom, working with pupils, getting on with the core business of learning and teaching and helping pupils to develop the skills that they're going to need to be you know, good contributors to the society and good citizens and, and good parents of the future. You know, those core things will um, continue. Um, uh, from our point of view as a school, as I'm sure many other principals will be saying the same, that we'll just be making sure that uh, when our pupils come back, that pastorally, you know, we are mindful that the transition back into school having been away for a wee while might not just be as easy. And I, I spoke earlier about maybe some pupils being a wee bit more isolated. And, you know, um, you know all family dynamics are very, very different. And, um, you know, during this time of um, social distancing and um, isolation, you know, it, it depends on how many people you have around you and the quality of those relationships you have around you. So we'll be, we'll be very mindful of pupils coming back to school who may have just become a little bit more insular as a result of maybe uh, not as much contact with others. Um, and I suppose that's something, look, as adults as well, um, that we all have to be mindful of uh, and careful about too. And so what, what support are, can, can be given to those sort of people who maybe are a wee bit vulnerable in terms of being more insular? What, is it it's just a case of just being mindful of them and keeping an eye on them? Or is there anything more strategic in place? Well, I suppose from, from a school level, you know, um, schools are very good, I think, at identifying need and they're very good at being able to see where there are you know, difficulties and issues. Schools have good pastoral care systems in place. You know, in the primary school, obviously, you know, the classroom teacher spends an awful lot of time with a, a number of pupils. My, my wife's a primary seven teacher. She anecdotally remarks that quite often she spends more time with her pupils than the parents do, you know, and, and you have them at the time of the day, you know, when perhaps they're most alert and most awake. So in, in those contexts, I think teachers are very good at knowing their pupils and knowing what makes them tick and, and what their needs are. When you move into post-primary level, I suppose it's slightly different because the kids move around a lot during the day. 
but they still have that anchor point and that anchor point in the post-primary school is their form teacher in the first instance who sees them every day and who has built that bit of a relationship with them and then of course you know schools also have pastoral systems in place with year heads in our school for example we have heads of schools and an overall head of pastoral care so there's very clearly defined structure there um, and schools are very good also at you know accessing um, services outside you know, in the wider educational sector, such as counselling and so on, that can help pupils um, where they just need that wee bit of additional support. And, you know, mental health issues are, you know, have been at the top of the agenda for an awful long time. And they're, they're key issues that have been talked about long before this uh, pandemic. And I'm delighted that more people are more open in asking for help and in seeking some guidance and support and I would say as a very general rule I would say that the vast majority of schools have witnessed an increase in their demand for such services in recent years and that's good because that means that uh, young people who perhaps in the past you know didn't speak up and ask for a wee bit of help are now getting that help um, and sometimes, you know, sometimes that help can be given in school. Sometimes that good relationship, as we've talked about a number of times this morning, sometimes that good relationship with the teacher where the pupil can have a go-to person that they can trust, that they believe is very much on their side and on their wavelength. And, uh, in all schools, we have those relationships where, you know, we know those pupils that we know we can go, we can have the conversation with, we can talk to. And, you know, Pupils come into school knowing that there are individuals there in the school who they have built up a relationship with over a number of years that they can talk to as well. So that level of support that's there and that is part of the culture of schools and is part of the mechanism whereby you know we do try and do more in schools than simply become exam factories. Those things will be as important, if not more important, uh, you know, once once we get back to. I'm going to call it the new normal. <laughs> so, um, just to, to, to finish, is there any like, key bullet points, key takeaway messages, priorities of, of points for, uh, mm. for teachers, staff and pupils, basically just to summarise for each of the stakeholders? Mm. Yeah. Well, I suppose, look, the thing about this for each and every person in our society, whether you're in the educational sector or not, is that you know, what has happened here, no one could have predicted. And we all have to try and deal with it and manage it as best we can within the circumstances uh, that we find ourselves. In terms of our pupils, um, my key message to them is, insofar as it's entirely possible, is not to worry, because these are circumstances and times that are totally and utterly beyond their control, and therefore um, it's very, very important that they, they don't worry. It is important, all the same, that they are active. It is important that they are taking a bit of exercise. It is important that they are occupying their time. But by the same token, it's also important that they don't become slaves to routine in the same way, because that brings its own challenges and that brings its, its own pressures. Um, to the teachers, I would say that um, in very, very trying circumstances, they are doing a remarkable job. And that's throughout the Northern Ireland sort of teaching estate. They're doing a remarkable job because, again, we've been faced with uh, a challenge and a situation that is um, totally foreign and alien to us. 
and I think it's been managed um, extremely well in very, very challenging and trying circumstances. Uh, to our parents, I would say use this opportunity to make the most of the time you have with your children. You know, cook with them, get them involved in the housework, get them out into the garden doing a bit of work and, and cherish the time because quite often, you know, we talk about being um, maybe cash rich but time poor. At the moment, we are very much time rich and that's a good thing. Um, albeit we wouldn't want to be time rich for the reasons that we've become time rich. But to have that wee bit of time to do those things perhaps that we don't normally get a chance to do with family and friends is good. And I think um, that we should be doing that. And I suppose a couple of concluding points is uh, would be to make sure that we look after those vulnerable people in our society, you know. So, you know, those relatives that you can't go to visit, to keep in touch with them, to use social media um, to its best, um, to make sure that you do keep in touch with people. And above all, the key message is to follow the guidelines and to be safe and to not do anything that's going to put yourself or other people at risk. Uh, I suppose one small worry I have is that when restrictions, you know, become a bit, uh, when they're released a little bit and when we become, we have that little bit more freedom, I just worry that, um, you know, we become, we all get back out there again far too quickly and that we risk um, the health of people. So it is important to, to, to be safe and to follow the instructions that we've been given. Great stuff. Some great messages for parents, teaching, teaching staff, teaching assistants, classroom assistants, and and pupils. Um, and Joe, Joe, again, just to summarise, there are uh, good teaching, good relationships, good community. Um, that's fantastic. Thanks very much for your time, Joe. That was brilliant. Okay, and it's been an absolute pleasure chatting this morning. Um, it all seemed very natural. Uh, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, what we have achieved here will give some message of support and comfort to the listening community. So stay safe, everybody. A massive thank you to everyone for listening in to the podcast today. If you find this to be useful, any reviews or tweets would be really appreciated because it helps the podcast grow. Our next guest is going to be another principal, this time from a primary school perspective, uh, Mrs. Sharon Lamont, MBE, who is principal of Melbourne Primary School in Coleraine a school whom hip psychology has worked closely with in the past podcast that I'm looking forward to from knowing Sharon, it's going to be inspirational. So stay safe. Thank you.